Welcome back to the Down to Earth podcast. Relationships are a huge part of what makes our lives super exciting, including the relationship that we have with ourselves and with our partners. Yet relationships can also bring up some challenges and stressors. Our guests today have devoted themselves to helping us through the stress and miscommunications that often come up in our relationships and help us find ways to develop and foster deeper and more meaningful relationships with both ourselves, our partners, and our friends. Rachel and Johan are a happily married couple who each individually had interesting and complex health challenges and healing journeys that taught them lessons that they now call upon to help others heal. Rachel specializes in communication alchemy, sensuality through embodiment, trauma release, and dynamic tantra. Johan also specializes in Tantra and is also the founder of the Pyramid Breath Method, a practice that is designed to help you clear your mind, release stress, and feel more calm and relaxed. The Pyramid Breath Method has also been used by many of the world's top performers to achieve peak performance under pressure. Rachel and Johan have a tremendous amount of knowledge to share regarding all things health, wellness, Tantra, intimacy, communication, mindfulness, and living life to the fullest. This is truly an episode you don't want to miss. Here we go. Welcome to the Down to Earth podcast. We're your hosts, sibling duo, Jonathan and Lorena. In this podcast, we'll be spilling the tea on all things health and wellness related. This podcast is designed to motivate you to take care of your physical, mental, and spiritual health. We'll be bringing on doctors, healers, fitness experts, business leaders, and innovators. Thanks for joining us in our mission of making the world a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place. Here we go. Hey, Rachel and Johan, how are you guys today? So good. Yeah. Ooh, it's said at the same time. <laughs> Thank you, you so guys much. are on the same frequency. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, we're stoked to be here. And we're super excited to have you. It's great to see you guys again. I really enjoyed meeting you guys in person a few weeks ago at that meditation event in Miami. And we're both really big fans of the work that you guys do and excited to do a deep dive and learn more about it. Yes, absolutely. We're ready to go. Let's deep dive. It's our favorite kind. <laughs> Amazing. Well, to get started, Rachel, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your background and journey to health. Yeah. Oh man. It's I I love the way you phrased it. Journey to health is is such a big thing. I think our childhood is such a massive part of our adulthood. And I have like a different experience than most people. I have two beautiful parents that I'm so blessed to have been raised by. And my journey, or shall I say trauma, was all around trusting my body. I was very sick from a very, very young age. Six months old, I got meningitis and it was a a slow journey from that start. And I was just talking with a client today specifically about fear around being in my own body. And that's really been the the foundation of all the work that I do is like trusting my body, learning how to come back into my body. And I think specifically spirituality has become so hyped and it's an incredible thing. And there's this energy around ascending and enlightenment and, and leaving this plane and, and, and having that sense of like nothingness. And my journey has been quite the opposite. It's about how to bring that spiritual essence into the body to be really at home and in my like soul's presence here and now and learning how to really use energies that are 
happening all the time to create the reality that we desire. So feeling quite hopeless and having collapsed lungs and broken bones and severe asthma in and out of the hospital, and then health issues with my stomach for 15 years and seeing all these doctors and really putting the like my own sovereign agency outside of myself, that journey to switching that and learning how to trust my own guidance, my intuition has been literally the greatest journey of my life. And my purpose here is now to help other people learn how to do that. That's incredible. And I feel like, especially since you started suffering from these, you know, really challenging health issues from a young age, I feel like one that that could be traumatizing, right? I'm sure a lot of the experiences that you had took a while to get past. But secondly, I feel like it probably taught you a lot of valuable lessons at a young age where, you know, some people maybe develop health issues later on in life. And because of the way they're already sort of programmed, they have issues with like trying different things and being open-minded. Whereas you from a young age, you sort of really had to get in touch with your intuition from a very young age, which I'm sure has obviously through a challenging path, but I'm sure that's helped you a lot in life as well. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's, it's been so, I'm so grateful now to, you know, speaking of that, there's like moments of, I still have it present. I'm still currently working on it, of going into any sort of like health environment, whether it's going to the doctor or going to the dentist, like it still brings up such like PTSD in my body of feeling like helpless, hopeless, like my life is in someone else's hands and to learn how to take my own life into my own hands and to trust that inner voice that I believe we all have has been so empowering because many, many doctors were like, your growth is going to be stunted. It's going to affect you for the rest of your life. And so incredibly healthy now. I'm so strong. I'm so embodied in my own energy. And to have that like full spectrum shift is like, yeah, it's it's a self-empowering thing. I don't have to depend on anyone else and I think that most people are are grappling with that, right? Is is how to come back into a, own self sovereignty. I still have to drag her to the doctor, though. It's true. You know, <laughs> like it's a battle. I'm like, hey, did you make a dentist appointment? Uh huh. Did you, two days later, did you make your appointment? Uh huh. Yeah. I'm working on it. You know, a week later. So it's it's been funny to to sort of be the the dad in a way. When yeah. I have to like get her to 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 keep her appointments, but you're working through it beautifully, baby. Thank and you. there's been a lot of um, initiations yeah. into a trusting also the doctors yeah. and trusting the process and all that. So, yeah. Yes. And how did that shift happen for you, Rachel? Like you're going to see these doctors and it kind of seems like they're telling you what's going to happen with your body and your trajectory. And where did that shift happen where you kind of took that control in on your own and were mm-hmm. able to navigate that spiritually? Did you grow up spiritual or was there an event in your life that happened that kind of uh, I, well, I'm again, I'm so blessed that I have two incredible parents and I think that they're the best. They're the best. (laughs) They really raised me with the energy of, of unconditional love. So I really believe that so much of my healing in my youth was because I was so deeply loved and it was actually really through, um, being in the modeling industry. I was in the modeling industry at a very young age. And so that journey of eating disorders and having stuff like suffering from body shame and like that whole journey was so deep and it was like i kept following all everyone else's opinion of what i should do and it just kept on bringing me to the same result of not 
feeling connected to myself, not feeling healthy, not feeling strong. And I was a specific moment when I was living in New York City and I was I was about I was probably like 22 where I realized I need to I need to take control because I don't I'm nothing's working. So why don't I decide what's actually working? And it was a slow, slow journey. And it wasn't really until I met Johan who really brought that awareness into my mind. He's like, you get to decide. And we sort of adventured on that together. And I, I started, I developed this thing as like intuition, nutrition, you know, and I believe that every body is different and we can't use these lifestyles or diets or anything that is subject to one person because we are all so unique. And so when I started to trust what my physical body was telling me, like when I eat something, it affects me like this because I, I suffered from like sinusitis for years and years and years and years, trying everything, nothing worked. And then I started to change what I ate by listening to my body and everything changed. And it was sort of the things that I wasn't supposed to be eating that actually made me feel better when I started integrating more fat. And when I started to eat carbs and and bread and as a model, you know, you're never allowed to do that. And it was such a game changer of like, oh, I can, I can eat these things and I feel better. I'm, I'm in the best shape. I'm stronger. I'm sleeping better. I can smell, you know, I'm not getting sick like every other month, which is what was happening in my youth up until I was like 26. I was always sick. So learning to to trust that was it was a consistent ongoing process. It took many, many, many years of trial and error, really and truly. She can literally eat butter like it's going out of style, you know, <laughs> butter or cream. And she just like is yeah. like in the best shape of her life and like bread, whatever she wants. Yeah. Truly, I've seen the transformation. It is unbelievable. And I get keep telling you, you should do a course around this because yeah. this is so powerful for so many people because we are listening to the doctors yeah. or the experts. And, but it's like a blanket theory. Yeah. Like, you know, there was a time when like butter and eggs were bad or yeah. milk is bad or this is bad a lot. And we all like, you know, fat is bad. Let's just eat more carbs. And then people are so unhealthy. And so I truly am such a believer in intuition, nutrition as well. And I would say to your question that I'm now remembering the moment was obviously through my spiritual practice when I really started to get into deepening that that was the first time I really heard my intuition and it was a visceral moment of like oh there's a voice inside of me that's guiding me why don't I choose to listen to that and instead of something that's outside of me and that was when my whole life changed absolutely and I applaud you for doing that at such a young age of 22 when you're learning yourself and discovering yourself and I also think obviously meeting Johan, obviously we meet people for a reason, right? So that was kind of that catalyst to change. So I'm curious, one, how the two of you met, because I am a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And then I do want to hear your story, Johan, and how, you know, you got to where you are today. Yeah, it, it was, it was definitely a cosmic meeting. I had just moved to LA and I actually saw him at a cafe and sort of like tried to get his attention. And it didn't work, which is unusual because I consider myself to be quite a powerful person. <laughs> so <laughs> I found that like to it like tickled me in a way. And I remember saying to one of my best friends, if the universe wants this to happen, it'll happen. And a month later, I ran into him at a flea market. I was dating one of his friends. And shorter story is a week later, I went to a Kriya yoga initiation and he was there 
he brought two of his best friends because that's the lineage that he'd been in for 20 plus years. And that was the moment that really like struck both of us, I think, because we were both looking for that mirrored catalyst, someone who was as devoted to this path as we are as an individual. And it was like a rocket ship. Yeah, it was it was powerful. We were sitting at a restaurant after the the day and, and sitting across from each other and we couldn't even talk. We were just kind of just giggling. There was this powerful energy, just the Shakti life force flowing between us. And one of my good buddies was sitting next to me and he could feel it too. And there was a moment, first I asked Rachel, I'm like, am I crazy? Are you feeling this thing? She's like, oh yeah. Oh yes. And there's a moment she excused herself. She went to the bathroom and my buddy you know, looks over to me and says, I think you just met your wife. Wow. And I, and I said to him, I think you're right. And that was literally our, our like first, you know, date. Yeah, date. And so it was very clear from the very beginning that there was something palpable and the universe, you know, wanted us to, to be together or we were meant to meet and do the thing that we are doing now, because honestly, it just keeps getting, we've been together for 10 years and everything just keeps getting better and better. And it doesn't mean that we haven't gone through some major ruptures and contractions we have. Yes. And those have been our greatest teachers. Yeah. You know, so that we've really gotten to face our own shadow and look at the blind spots and hold each other through some of the craziest, wildest deaths, metaphorically speaking, of identity, and then hold each other through the rebirths that we've gotten to experience and, and really I can say we're living in, in a way now that where we are fully expressed and fully alive to all parts of ourselves and nothing hidden. And it's this spiraling up sensation and an expansiveness that is unlike anything either of us has ever experienced. And it's just wild and crazy and amazing. And it's replicable, which we're really excited about. And that's when, one of the things that we teach, we work with a lot of couples. Yeah. And so, you know, one of our favorite things to hear, which we luckily hear often is, you know, you guys saved our marriage. Thank you so much. And, and there's just so many tools and practices and rituals that are lacking in our culture. Mm -hmm. And especially, um, you know, in the culture of a relationship where we're not sharing yes. all of ourselves. And because of it, you know, we tend to look for the greener grass elsewhere, not realizing it's all here already. And and, or at least if it isn't, then how can we complete something with respect and honor and feeling like, wow, thank you for this journey. And then holding each other always in the highest esteem as we move forward. Yes. So, yeah. Well, that's incredible. And honestly, I mean, I've met obviously a lot of couples throughout life and the way that you just described your relationship is unlike anything I've heard before. And I've met you guys in person and I've seen you guys together. And it seems like there is something super special there. And you know, you mentioned that it takes work, right? And it takes sharing and it takes being open and being vulnerable. And I feel like we live at a time now where oftentimes people might enter a relationship and the second it stops being fun, they just feel the need to move on rather than actually try to like fix it and work on it, which is a huge issue, right? And there's going to be a lot of repercussions to that. There already are. So it's good to hear that there are a lot of different ways to work on intimacy and all these other challenges that come up because at the end of the day, there's going to be challenges, right? There's no relationship that's just sunny skies every day for life because as individuals, you're constantly growing and encountering things and having your own inner things going on. So finding ways to communicate that and finding a partner that could support you through that is, is a part of it that I think a lot of people skip over. Yeah. 
thousand percent. 100%. I, I, and I think that we are missing the awareness in society that when you are committed to this to this type of work it's so incredibly fulfilling exactly as you said like you know we're meant to grow we're meant to evolve that's like the the basis of our of our beingness here on this planet and so when you can co-devotionally commit to that growth it is you experience yourself in a way that i believe we're always we're searching for that's why we're seeking is to experience ourselves enlivened and and as johan expressed i believe that also in society there's like this illusion that's in place of like it's if you if you find that perfect person you're so lucky and yes that there's an element to that that is true and there are tools there are is a skill set that we get to learn you know after newness and novelty comes skill and devotion and you're learning how to water the garden that is your love and it's the same way that you would you tend to a normal garden you, you know you you want to plant the right elements you want to water the right way you want to give it the right food you want to tend to it consistently and give it love you know there is that experiment that we've all seen with the plants with the water like it is a real thing and we sort of bypass that's the same with our relationship to ourselves. like if we're talking bad about ourselves constantly our being is hearing that the same with a relationship and when we learn that it's it's incredible to realize that you have that much of an effect on your partner like we say this consistently that we have loved each other open and it is honestly the greatest gift that i've that i've ever experienced in my life and i can't wait to do more of it especially because the other illusion that's in place is that you know you have a honeymoon stage and then it, it sort of fades and and i we do not agree with that because our relationship now is is hundred times more passionate and more connected and more intimate and more sexy and you know than it was in the beginning and so it's we, we really have a strong desire to share that with the world so that people can realize that your love is meant to grow into consistent constant honeymoon stage that's a forever stage mm -hmm. that's incredible um, that's very inspiring to hear yeah i would add to that you know we say this often this is really profound which is you cannot have expansion without contraction yeah it's literally impossible yeah. and so you know we have this idea from all the movies we watched or the books we've read that you know we we ride off to the sunset and there's this happily ever after but we never see the happily ever after there's just this notion that it looks this certain way and it's just like roses and rainbows and you know but it's so boring i mean we literally would create problems if life wouldn't provide us challenges mm -hmm. you know that's what we believe as human beings as souls as spirit we come here to experience is the contrast yeah. and so when we could just change the mindset that the challenges are are not bad but rather they're here for us they're an opportunity for us to grow and expand even though it's uncomfortable yeah. when we we like to say when we infuse breath and awareness right yes. when we slow things down and then you infuse awareness gratitude you already get grateful for the contraction as it's happening even though it's very challenging knowing that this will lead to an expansion it's inevitable yeah it cannot not happen mm -hmm. so then you can get excited about it and your approach to it completely changes you're no longer avoiding it but rather you're like all right like, like let's get even deeper into it and then when you have the tools which is co-devotional communication you can unpack so much yeah. stuff 
because we are like an onion. There's always more, you know, <laughs> and it actually gets to be fun. Yeah. And then you get to trust each other yes. deeply yeah. that you can hold each other through it all. You get to learn your trigger signatures and how we freeze or faint or fight or the things that we do in a normal trigger state, and then you get to master those states. Yeah. And again, it doesn't mean that you won't get triggered. You will. You will. But you will then have the awareness of, oh, I'm triggered right now. And so you you change the way you go about the whatever is happening, and you have so much more compassion for yourself, for your partner, or whoever else is involved, and it actually gets to be fun. Yeah. That's... Our teachings, everything we teach, whether it's breath work or meditation or, or communication, it's like, let's make this fun, yeah. right? Let's make it so you want to do it instead of like, ah, it's hard work. Like, who wants to do that? Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. And I say that to patients all the time, too, is like, if you reframe things and think of whatever it is, even on your health journey, of course, you always want to be healthy, but it's never linear. You know, mm -hmm. Never linear relationships are never linear, and it's all part of life is experiencing the journey. And like you said, peeling back the layers of the onion, it's the same thing when it comes to health. Yeah, one layer, something else comes up. You know, so I think just reframing the way that you think about life, relationships, health, it allows you to be a little bit more grateful for yeah. what you have in the journey that you're on. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It it seems like we live in a time now where a lot of couples struggle with intimacy. You know, people might meet, there might be that, you know, insane attraction in the beginning and it's like a great phase in a relationship, but like, you know, a common thing that we hear even in society, right? Even in movies, it's like, you know, the couple that's been married for 20 years that doesn't sleep with each other or that just like doesn't communicate well with each other. So like, we're almost led to believe that that's just how life is supposed to be. And mm -hmm. if that's the way life's supposed to be, you know, obviously something is twisted and, and things are are screwed up. So where is the right place to start when it comes to tackling this issue with intimacy? Like if there's a couple out there that feels that their bond and their relationship and their attraction to one another is just not where it was in the beginning or where they feel it needs to be in order to feel fulfilled, where do we start? Oh, so it's so good. I actually just said this to one of my clients this morning is I, I believe similar to what Johan was saying is that the real magic lies in repair right? We, we miss the mark on repair, right? Because exactly to what you said, it's so, it's so present in our society and there's an illusion around it. It's like, they're, oh, we're not having sex. That's okay. There are going to be moments in your life when you don't have sex, when, you know, you get sick or something happens or is a busy week, like that happens. That's normal. And what we get to work on is how do you come back from that moment? That's the place that we miss, right? Is how do you reconnect? How do you repair? How do you have a conversation? How do you express your needs and desires, right? Because in actuality, in a long-term relationship, it's actually good to have moments where you don't because then the moment of coming together creates that passion it reignites and instead of thinking oh i need to i need to have sex every day to keep it like that no if you miss a couple days and then you come back with this like a vengeance for passion then you respark you respark you respark and and this new sense of connection where you're actually creating newness and novelty right you're learning how to do it and for us really the the most important thing, I would say the basis, two basis 
basic foundational things are having a practice that you can process your own emotions. Like we, from the beginning of our relationship have had our practice. We do it every single day. It's our own experience where we get to be in our emotional state together. And then from that, learning how to use co-devotional communication to express what's truly there because we feel everything. You know, it's, you know, whether you are conscious of it or not, we are energetic beings. We can feel when a, when a partner is withholding, right. And that creates distance and not in a good way. Right. So when we learn as exactly what Jan was saying, how to deal with contraction and, and allow it to be exploding into an expansion that creates safety and trust, which creates deep passion right? Deep love. The people, exactly as you said, it's like, we're trying to recreate those first moments by, okay, I'm in it, I'm in it, I'm going to break up, next, next, next. And we're missing the mark on when there is spaciousness, when there is longevity, when you create consistent co-devotional expression, you create a space of safety that allows you to explore our sexual expression in a way that you can never do with someone that you don't know for a long amount of time. So that's like, again, society is not showing us that, but our sex life is so much better now than it was when we first met. And it was great then because of going through contractions with love and kindness, right? We, something that we say often is like, you're going to fight. It's normal to fight. It's, it's not, it's not normal to not fight, right? It's how do we fight with love and kindness? How do we use those moments of contraction to really understand and hear each other and listen to discover what your partner is going through so that we can each individually hold space for our unraveling as a human being. And when you receive that, it creates your, your inner core, your soul is like, I'm safe here. So I can explore more of my sexuality, which is really connected to our darkness, I believe because you have an environment that is making it safe to express that. And I would add to that, I would say that you know, what we're, I believe, or what we believe, what, what we're all searching for, and what we get in the beginning of the relationship is a feeling of aliveness. Yes. And right, and so as time goes on, the feeling of aliveness sort of dissipates, and mm-hmm. we just become like best friends or buddies or pals. And again, we're not, we're not ignited by each other. The polarity goes away. And that's because we're not actually speaking to the things that are really going on. Cause we're like, well, I could never say that. That's too much. Like I can't say that I'm not attracted to my wife or to my husband or my partner, or that I feel jealous and it's stupid. Like I'm not even gonna mention it or whatever. Like we keep tucking things away and because of it, the aliveness goes away. Mm -hmm. And so when we're speaking to the things that are actually the most vulnerable and scary, it creates so much trust and safety and intimacy. And it literally reignites and reignites and reignites uh, the passion and the love and the trust. And so you get all of it plus. So you have the safety to really go deep, to really explore like the, the most darkest messed up thoughts and feelings that you might, you know, come up insecurities that may occur. And it leads to more attraction, more aliveness, more amazing sex, more trust. And, and then you can, when you have that, it's like, there's no limit to your growth and expansion. And you can, when you have that much trust, you can begin to explore things that are wild and kinky and weird and scary and all the things because you trust each other so deeply. So you don't have to go outside of the relationship 
alone, but you can rather than approach things as a team mm -hmm. to bring in more aliveness. One of my favorite authors on this, and really, really, we've loved listening to her books is Esther Perel. And, and you know, she talks about third energy, yeah. right? And it's just the ability to, I've been in partnerships before where you talk about like an attraction to another person and your partner will, you know, break plates and punch you in the face for it, essentially, instead of going like, ooh, like how can we use this attraction to bring more aliveness to our relationship? Mm -hmm. How can we bring that person in as an energetic just idea or, you know, approach it, whatever capacity we want, but instead of pretending or ignoring that we we get attracted to other people yes. or or we're, we're turned on by certain things how can we use it for a relationship and i think that's one of the things that most couples really struggle with yeah is that they're they're like that's wrong that's yeah. bad if you're with me you shouldn't be attracted to this person or you know this thing or this is wrong and and then so we shame and blame each other and then we shut down and we don't feel yeah. safe yeah. to be fully expressed and that's when the alignment goes away yeah. and so i just wanted to add like to what rachel said our daily commitment to each other to ourselves is our practice and in the beginning it was very sort of stoic static meditation hour plus a day like just sitting silently and now what it's become is what we call the pyramid breath method which is this very tantric, alive, somatic, like there's crying, laughing, screaming, shaking, you know, spinal undulation, like you're activating your cerebral spinal fluid, you're, you're, every part of you feels alive. And to what Rachel was saying earlier, this is the mind is, the, the brain is like 5% and the body is 95%. Yeah. And our bodies are constantly communicating. There's a dissonance between what I'm saying yes. and what my body is feeling it creates disconnection mm. creates distrust right mm. mistrust and so when you can somatically release and express the things that are really going on taking even the the critic out of the way you know which is like well this is stupid i shouldn't be feeling this way like why is this and why is she doing this blah blah blah, blah. but you rather give it a sound and a movement and you express it the other person feels it too yeah and then like you're clearing every day you're clearing the field for you to be completely connected and and a lot of folks have this like mountain of stuff they haven't dealt with right it's just like sitting there in the closet or tucked away but like we keep we don't build mountains we just like express the mountain and and we then clean the house every day and it creates so much aliveness and so much fun yeah and then it doesn't seem like too much yeah. right and so when things arise we immediately tackle them go into it and we're not afraid of it because we know that we got this. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more about the pyramid breath method and like what that looks like for the both of you. Mm. So what it looks like, first of all, it was a completely divine download from, for me, uh, it, it was when I really began to relate to the divine instead of in this sort of stoic masculine divine, you know, like a Shiva or or you know this sort of you know yes, yeah. dude with a white beard god figure but rather i began to relate to the divine as the feminine so for me when i changed that relationship it was completely life-altering for me changed the way that i view the feminine outside of myself as well as inside of myself and as soon as i began to relate to her as a divine, I even name, rename God, GGD, Goddess, God, Divine. So it's not just a dude, but you have, we have all three 
aspects there. And so I began to get this download that started to come through and literally felt like a, a tickle on the top of my head and this and my body just started to move in these ways and it started to sound and and like I started to do this thing. And Rachel was very triggered by it in the beginning. It was kind of funny. You know, she would very. go like practice in another room. While I'm like, ha, blah, doing this stuff because it's distract. You're not in on it. You're like, what is this guy doing? However, now she's a big uh, proponent of it and, uh, the and, biggest it, proponent and, of and it. it's amazing. And so what the practice looks like really is tapping, first of all, into our imagination and really opening ourselves up for divine guidance, knowing that God or GGD, the divine, isn't outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not this figure that's outside, but rather we are all it. We are all her. We are all him. And so we have this infinite source of this well of wisdom inside of us that most of us haven't tapped yet. Yeah. And so this is a way to connect to that well, to that source energy, and allow that energy to guide us. Mm -hmm. And there's three different breath modalities. The first one's kind of like fast and, and strong to sort of get us out of our, our critical minds, so really activating our autonomous nervous system and dropping deeply into the body. And then we get more sensual and activated and they're sounding and it can be very triggering for some people in the beginning because you're really, it feels very vulnerable because you're sharing yeah. this embodied expression where you're not thinking about what you look like or sound like, yeah. but really like giving yourself freedom to be completely expressed with yeah. sound, with movement. And the third part is when we actually utilize all the energy that we kind of tapped into and maybe stuff, you know, energies that we've been carrying and holding and, and pretending like they're not there or traumas or dramas, our limiting beliefs. In, in the practice, we offer it to the fire transformation. And then we actually then utilize that energy as it's transformed to create a new version of ourselves. So we proverbially die a death into the fire, let go of our past, let get, go of the concepts of I'm not good enough or I'm not young enough or pretty enough or rich enough or this enough or that enough or whatever that are holding us back from our fullest expression. And then we create a new version of ourselves moment to moment because mm -hmm. all there is my friends is the now the past doesn't exist the future doesn't exist right so when we get that when we truly like grok it and understand it you can recreate yourself anew each moment yeah and this is what this practice is designed for is utilizing your old traumas and stories and limiting beliefs as energy here for you that's actually happened for you all this stuff to then Create yourself anew in a way that is empowering, that is creative, that is fun, that is playful. So you can show up moment to moment in life in discovery mm -hmm. and in playfulness and empowered connection and it makes everything so much fun. That sounds incredible. I mean, I'm sold. I want to definitely <laughs> give it a try and learn more about it. But I like that you mentioned that what we have is the present and you could always change things around, right? You could always evolve. You could always dig deeper. You, if you're in a bad mood in this current moment, you could always try to do something to put yourself in a better mood after. So we really do have more power over ourselves than we might realize, mm -hmm. which I think is actually really liberating when we realize that. Cause I feel like a lot of people let the circumstances that they're surrounded by maybe put them in, in a fog or in a depressed state. But when you realize that like, this is how I feel right now, but I could go and do something for 10 minutes or however long and mm. completely shift the way that I feel, Yes, you know, it just makes things seem a lot less frightening. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all an inside job, guys. And it's, it's inside out. And it's designed that, you know, the thing that 
for me as well as like I was triggered in the beginning of this practice. And I think specifically because we are triggered by our fullest expression because we're like the thing that we're scared of as human beings is not like failing, it's succeeding. It's like our highest expression. And so in the beginning, it's like, whoa, this is, this is intense. And the more exactly you said, it's about consistency. We don't need to be in ceremony for, for like an eight hour thing. You know, it's actually better to be consistent more frequently, 10 minutes a day, you know, that will make a difference that will, that will allow you to integrate the experience. And that's something that we feel so strongly about is like, there are all these incredible methods and sometimes they can be a little bit too intense, right? You're, you're going into a three hour holotropic breathwork and I've done that, it's incredible. And then how do you integrate that? Or you go and do an ayahuasca ceremony, done that, it's incredible. And how do you integrate it, right? And, and this, how do you sustain that? How do you sustain Because we it? tend to have these peak life yeah. experiences that happen somewhere else. And it's yeah. like outside of our life, yeah. like you go somewhere and you do it. But then how do you make it into a daily ritual? Yes. And this is where the pyramid breath method really is different. Like Rachel was saying, you can do it in five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Over time, you want to do it longer and longer because it feels really good. And we have days when we're really, really busy and we just do it for three minutes. But you still do your practice and yeah. you still have a state change. Even in three minutes, you feel completely different. Yeah. And so it's it's, I think a lot of us, you know, or have this idea like, oh man, like spirituality or these practices yeah. are like really hard and difficult because like you got to go and meditate in a cave to be enlightened. And no, it's really to what Rachel was saying earlier. And I believe, you know, my journey is similar. Yeah. I used to think that feelings and humanity and all this stuff was kind of dumb. And why are, because I was like, spirituality is about transcending all that. Yeah. And I think that's a total misnomer. I think it's actually about being here now and mm -hmm. being in the body. And so the practice is also designed so you can incorporate everything that yeah. you bring all of that expansiveness and that connection with the divine into your life, into your actions, into what you are creating, how you are connecting, how available you are. You yeah. don't go and do it at a retreat. Your life is a retreat, yeah. right? So you put it forward moment to moment to the best of your ability. And again, it's easy to get in line, but it's also very easy to forget. Mm -hmm. And so it's really the practice is, is about doing the practice over and over again. So you remember, yeah. and you remember, it's and you remember. And, and then when you remember over and over again, it becomes way easier to stay in that state of yeah. remembering. And then you surround yourself with people who also choose to remember and life becomes so much more fun yeah absolutely again it's a lifestyle yeah well i was just going to say i think it's really important especially for our generation or our society to really understand that because i think even like in medicine right we put a band-aid on something or you want to go to a treat a retreat and get enlightened but then you kind of forget about that the next day and it's really with anything that you want to achieve in life whether it's spiritually or financially or with your health. It's a daily practice and it's putting in the work and it's empowering, but it's still, and it's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and doing yeah. the things that you know that you need to do to feel better. Yes, absolutely. I think thousand percent that, you know, that when you do something consistently, you create trust between you and yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's literally nothing that can replace that. It's like, it's with health, like, call it like spiritual hygiene. Like you brush your teeth every day for a reason, mm -hmm. right? There's a reason why you do that. You take a shit every day because it, it, for a reason, right? It's, we want to make it that 
that important because and and it gets to it doesn't have to be this long arduous process and i think both johan and i have that background we were both like oh we're meant to be monks we're meant to be you know doing this and it's like a you know it's modern mysticism it's how do we take this into our generation where everything is so fast and going 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 and making it fun and approachable and making it dynamic because we are dynamic you know mm -hmm. we're not like the beautiful thing like i was saying earlier is that this practice is different every single time you do it because you're different every single time it never gets boring yeah. ever and we and like for me specifically as a woman when this when i fully integrated this into my own practice into my own teachings and my ritual space i was like this is the feminine this is the part of me that is 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 evolving moment to moment instead of trying to even spirituality from my perspective in the past tried to put you in a box if you don't fit into these if you're not straight edge vegan blah 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 then you are not spiritual and it's so it's so limited and we are so limitless. We are literally the definition of limitlessness. And so having a practice that matches that is so exciting because it's it's an ever evolving present that, that is happening every day. A hundred percent. I think that's a great way to describe just life in general, right? It's a daily thing. It never ends. There's always a journey. And the spirituality element of life is so important. And I think it's something that a lot of people maybe don't even take for granted, but don't fully embrace. And I think that an element, for example, where people don't even realize is an actual spiritual thing is, is sex, right? Sex, intimacy, sexuality is more than just physical. There really is a very strong spiritual and energetic component to it as well. And I know something that you guys both specialize in as well as Tantra, mm -hmm. which I'd love for you guys to both talk a little bit more about for, uh, for anyone out there that's going to listen to this that isn't fully aware or cognizant of what Tantra entails, and just really the fact that intimacy is incredibly spiritual as well. Oh, I mean, yes. I believe like my version of what Tantra means to me is, is using all of the raw material that arises in a moment for our ultimate transformation, right? And so people, when they think of Tantra, they think solely of just sex and it's one small iota of it but everything you are dare i say it you are being fucked and fucking life in every moment and so how do we merge that i believe i would say we believe that the best sex comes from being fully exposed which means which means being fully honest with the moment being raw being vulnerable and learning how to transmute that energy in the moment to expansion right exactly what we've been saying contraction into expansion understanding that if there's something in the space our bodies will feel it and it will block us from peak states of pleasure but when you are in a safe, trustable container, there's no limit to our pleasure. People don't even realize the capacity of pleasure that our body holds. You know, we think of orgasm, we think of only our genitals, and we can orgasm from all, we can have a heartgasm, we can have a third eyegasm, we can have an armpit orgasm, and that takes trust in the unknown. And I believe that's what Tantra really is, is learning how to dance with energies, right? And so much of the, the breath practice is about that. And then learning how to take that, that you practice as an individual 
into a couple or into many more. It's like, we've all had those moments, right? When you're having sex and there's something that arises in the space, right? Where it could simply be that your partner touches you in a way that doesn't feel right. It could be something small that was right yesterday, but isn't right today. And then we allow that moment to shut us down or they say something or they look a certain way or they breathe a certain way and it shuts us down. And oftentimes we just reside in that shutdown. Right. And I believe like dynamic Tantra, which is what we teach is how do you expand into that moment? Right. Which is both of you know that there's a contraction happening. And instead of turning away from it, you turn toward it. It doesn't even need to be spoken with words. It's an energetic. You start sounding, you start moving, you're present, deeply present with each other through that. And that trust, that safety leads you to peak states of pleasure. And that's what I believe that we're looking for, especially when hearing, you, you know, you want passion, you want fire, you want trust, you want safety. It's all created in the same space, right? You want that sort of naughty, kinky sex that comes through safety. You know, we, it's all interconnected and Tantra combines everything into one space. It's really our our, I believe our soul's desire. We want to be raw and exposed and for that exposure to be welcomed. And when that happens with another person present, you, you discover more of yourself through that mirror image. And I would add to that, I would say that you know, for me as a man or, or just for society at large, you know, we're, because we don't talk like sex has been such a taboo yes. for such a long time. We're just kind of you know, like blind leading the blind. Mm -hmm. And what Tantra really means for me is, is again, awareness, yeah. right? It's, a, it's adding breath and awareness into this biological sequence that all the animals do, right? And, and it's like, if you see, we as human beings, we're not just procreating, we're having sex also for fun. And so when we so sort of learn to surpass just a biological way of doing it which is mother nature is like okay just come as fast as you can plant that seed go on to the next that's how the dudes are kind of designed or or it just sex happens really fast and the women are like what the fuck right <laughs> and so how do we learn to infuse awareness into it how do we learn how to surpass that just mother nature's biological sort of you know procreate procreate and and really turn it into an art form so tantra for me is is art how do you create, you know, sexuality in an artful way? Mm -hmm. How can you extend these peak states? Mm -hmm. How can you, as a man, like one of the practices that I offer to our clients is take the orgasm out of the equation, just completely take it out of the equation. Cause mostly that's the goal. Like I'm going to make her come and I'm going to come, right? Mm -hmm. However it happens, hopefully quickly, we both come and it's done. And, and so what if you take the orgasm out of the equation completely? Yeah and you just choose to make love mm. and see where that leads you. And then, you know, as a man, when you learn to, especially as a man, when you learn to ride that area of, of not coming and you get to closer and closer to the best part, which is pre-coming, right? When you're like, oh my God, I'm about to, but you don't. Mm -hmm. And when you learn to ride in that 90 percentile area and you get to learn how to live in that place, it is so life-changing. You know, you're literally rewiring your brain 
you're teaching yourself how to find God, God is divine through this experience. And you realize that, wow, we are it, we're it all the time. And that's why I think sexuality and Tantra and all of that was really banned for a long time because a lot of the, you know, religions were like, God is outside of you. And when you re when you re when you get to these peak states, you go like, no, 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 no. God right here. <laughs> we're, we are God, God is divine. We are Shiva Shakti, yin, yang, alpha, omega, creating this ecstatic state. And so, and again, adding in the, the breath and awareness bit, like, right? yeah. and you can know how to slow down, how to calm your nervous system in those peak states. It is so incredible and so magnificent. And again, you, it's not about the, those little techniques that you get to do and, you know, how to make somebody, you know, those are all part of it, but yeah. that's, we think that that's what Tantra means. It doesn't. It's just having a heightened awareness yeah. and how to control your nervous system in such a way that you can live in that state of, of joy and expansion. And, and those of you that are watching this, especially if you're a man or listening to this, I invite you for 30 days. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds crazy at first, but for 30 days, don't come mm -hmm. as a man and see where that brings you. Please have sex. Please have sex with yourself, but just don't come. And see if you can breathe that energy up and in into your heart, into your brain. See what happens. Yeah. That is a spiritual practice. That is a very, very highly evolved spiritual practice. And it's fun. And, and again, remember, you're fighting biology, which is, you know, mama nature going like procreate. So just know that that you're designed for that. And, and in the beginning, it's challenging. It's hard. And when you get to master that. It's like you are looking into infinity. Everything is possible. And then you can really stay and play in that realm of the divine. And also your partners will be very, very pleased that you can go on and on and on and on and stay in an ecstatic state. And then you, when you live in that state, you begin to make love to all of your surroundings, to the moment, mm. to the flowers, to the plants, to, to life in a way where you're not just on, on this roller coaster but you're in a steady state of, of ecstatic bliss and it's quite phenomenal that's incredible and i mean i think they say sexual energy is the most powerful form of energy so yeah. a lot of times it's creative you, energy <laughs> no it is so if you take that energy right like you're saying for 30 days don't come you're taking that sexual energy and you're enjoying it in the moment but then you're sort of redirecting it so instead of just climaxing and finishing there you then have this energy within you which is creative energy and you could use that to enhance other elements of your life as well. Yeah. A thousand percent. You, you literally create with that energy. I mean, the, I would say that like some, most of my incredible ideas come from that space because the channel is open and free. And it's like, if I'm like, oh, I'm stuck. I'm like, let's have sex. And then I'm like, yes, I know exactly what to do now. <laughs> I found the answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. That energy is extraordinarily powerful. But I feel like for a lot of people who are new to this, right? Like a lot of people that you work with, I'm sure there's a lot of challenges in the beginning because you're pretty much completely rewiring the way that you live life, right? Yeah. I mean, something that people look at as, as being fairly straightforward and simple as sex, which could be very complex, obviously, but you're changing the way that you look at it. You're changing the entire lens that you have towards it, which I'm sure for a lot of people is very challenging. I yeah. would say, I would say to that, you know, we have this incredible offering, which we find before you get to these places, one of the things that you I invite you to master is co-devotional communication. Yeah. And we have this course called Tantra of Life, which is very affordable. It's both our, uh, on our both, uh, both of our websites. 
and it teaches you yeah. how to speak to and speak about these experiences because when you don't what ends up happening is that you end up doing a lot of blaming and shaming yourself mm. and the other yes, person yes. so when you get to these heightened states where a lot of the you're shining a light into the unconscious into your own shadow and and if you don't know how to speak about it in a way that invites people to open yeah. and invites more intimacy and closeness through the inevitable contractions that lie ahead that lead to expansions, if you don't know how to speak to it, you're literally going to run the other way and go like, you know what? This is too hard. This is too difficult. This energy is literally too intense because you're plugging into the source energy. Yeah. So if you don't know how to channel it, how to speak to it, how to express it, it's going to scare you away. So I would say this is one of the most important things to do before you yeah. get on this tantric path and like go insane or lose yourself or, or and, like. And, you know, the awareness that there's something I think we all, every single human being on the planet needs to really adopt forever is a growth mindset. You know, we lost that as we made that transition from like child to adult. We, we have this like illusion in place in our society that once we're an adult, we're supposed to know what we're doing and we never will know everything that we're doing. It's not the life is not designed that way. So if that's what we the, the same things that happen in our relationship happen in every relationship. It's, you know, we, we experience the same sort of thing. We're all have fears. We're all experiencing not knowing or, or feeling insecure. And so can, when we can normalize that and realize that we're actually both coming from the same space. And if we can really come in with curiosity versus feeling like I know everything, cause no one knows anything always, you know, it's, it's, then we can, then we can go into it with that, right? It's first coming from that growth mindset, getting the cool, the tools of co-devotional communication. So you can actually say what you feel in a way that your partner can receive it in the way that you can receive it. And then the practice really, you know, everything that we just said around Tantra, like the pyramid breath practice is basically in a way you're learning how to make love to yourself. You're using the same things that you would and use to and to the divine. You're using the same things, body, breath, sound right the holy trinity you're getting to know your body and you're getting comfortable as you said loretta in those uncomfortable spaces and that helps you therefore go into those uncomfortable spaces with your partner right we need to learn it on our own mm. and to learn to, how to regulate your nervous system yeah, is really really important that's super and important. That, it, that it's it's a daily practice yeah. and again and again it's not hard. It's actually fun yeah. and it's addictive in a good way. You want to do it again and again because it gives you immediate relief. It's not when you do pyramid breath, it's not like, oh, I think I felt something. You're like, oh, I know I felt something yeah. like, yeah, like I feel a state change, you know, which is very different from a lot of the older sort of monastic practices where it takes you a long time. You got to meditate for years and, you know, two hours a day and mm -mm, like no one has time for that nowadays. Right. And, and so how can we embody that aliveness? How can we welcome it? How can we expand our container daily and make it fun is I think what we get to now do as a society yeah. and really realize, and then somebody said this recently, this, this, we're, a lot of the sort of religion is about like, oh, and there's gonna be a savior and someone's gonna come and like help us all and save us all. No, my friends, we are it. We are the saviors. Mm. We are the ones that we have been waiting for. And there's a collective awakening happening on the planet. We have the internet now, right? We can communicate all over the planet. We can share these tools with each other. Yeah. There's so many pathways that are possible. And we are the generation that gets to wake up together to mm -hmm. this 
new way of being yeah. that is embodied spirituality, which means it's fun, it's practical. You bring in the mysticism into everything that you do just with a shift in your perspective and awareness. Yeah. And it's, it just makes life so much better. And just like when you live from that place, everyone's going to want to join your party. Everyone can feel it. They're like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, yes to that. Yeah. And then we get to welcome people in. And I think like the simplest for, for those who are like, where do I start? You know, you've heard us say like awareness, awareness. Breath is awareness. Learning how to breathe your body, learning how to feel like the, that feeling of, oh, I'm tapped into my intuition that comes through breath. Breath connects us to our body, connects us to our awareness, connects us to the divine. So starting with a consistent breath practice that will lead you to those things that are sort of hiding and wanting your attention. It's like, you know, I think a lot of us can get can feel like, oh, this is challenging it's a big mountain and start start small and the actual like that small little step is likely the biggest step that you can take because the the breath is what sinks us to life period right without it we would die it's right there it's free you know we can do it every day and that is that gateway that we're looking for a hundred percent breath is everything and finding the right way to breathe. Cause people like I do breath work exercises and my friends laugh. They're like, what, like you're breathing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're yeah. all breathing. Obviously it's a part of life, but you're not really like utilizing the potential of your breath. And I'm glad that you guys mentioned that it really does come down to the individual. Cause I feel like oftentimes in relationships, there could be a lot of codependency and we all have those friends who like jump from relationship to relationship to relationship. Cause they're so afraid of being alone and they're just looking for someone to complete them. But I feel like even with a lot of the work that you guys are describing that you do with couples, even people who are single would probably benefit from it because right. at the Absolutely. end of the day, right? I mean, you have to master it yourself before you could even be in a space where you could help somebody else through that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that both of us, that's part of the reason why we have such a good relationship because we both came into it with our own sovereign relationships to self like that's and even now 10 years and we we pretty much are together i would say 24 7 we still have that basis of like you know this is the most important thing myself because then i'm overflowing into him versus trying to get something from him and to what johan has been saying like learning how to regulate our nervous system on our own is a superpower because this world is crazy. You know, shit is happening left and right. We can't control it. However, we can control our reaction to it. And that is a life-changing awareness to have. It's, yeah, that's it's the ultimate freedom. Learning how to go from, you know, being reactive to being responsive, yeah. right? And there's an incredible book called Man's Search for, for Meaning by Victor One Frank. of my favorites. Oh my God, that it's just so life-changing. If you guys haven't read it, please read it. And it just, what that, that sort of boils down to is there is a moment that we get to have be you know, between stimulus and response. Mm. And, and that's the moment, that's the breath and the awareness bit, yeah. right? When something stimulus happens that's maybe triggering or difficult or challenging, instead of just reacting, you're choosing to respond. Yeah. And it seems so simple, yet it is the hardest thing in the beginning. And it's always a practice, yeah. even for us. Like we've been doing this a long time. We can get triggered and we can be reactive, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why we are in a daily practice of how to regulate our own nervous systems 
and how to be the, be the, in service to the world as well. And again, and what I would say to that, because it, it, it sort of, it directly connects to that feeling of aliveness that we talked about before is it again, as a society, even in spirituality, there is this like race to heal race to the finish light where I'm complete, where I'm whole. And, you know, something I say often is like, we can be whole and healing at the same time. And that journey of reaction versus response, it's good to be in that consistently because when you choose to respond versus react, you feel fucking incredible. Mm. And that's the aliveness that we seek is that feeling. And so it's designed for us to do it consistently because it is such a rewarding experience to be like, oh, I'm choosing to discover this moment versus to react to it. And that feeling, going back to what we said earlier, creates self-trust. And that is really what we're searching for, I believe. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great point. And even when it comes to like relationships and intimacy, you know, ultimately sex is a transfer of energy. And like, I mean, we've been talking about this for many years, but I even have friends of mine that think everything I talk about is woo. -woo, And even they're talking about this now, right? Like this transfer of energy. So I feel like in order to be in the right like mindset and also physically just to be ready whenever you are in an intimate situation, you have to first be really self-aware and you first have to have like, you know, just that inner work done within yourself so that if you're with the wrong partner in the wrong situation, that transfer of energy doesn't negatively affect you and you sort of know how to protect yourself against it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, we can't know until we know here. This is like the barometer for our life. This is what's actually guiding us. If if we're not tuned into our subconscious, it will just rule our entire lives and we'll call it fate. Yeah. Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. Drop the bomb. Yeah. It's it's wild, my friends. You know, we're, I'm so excited that we live at a time when, you know, we're talking about these things and you guys are in Miami and we're in LA and, and you know, people can listen to this all over the world and get inspired right and that we're we're making all of this doable mm-hmm. it doesn't seem insurmountable you don't have to go and like live in a monastery and and devote your life to this right so you can be you know what they india they call like a householder yogi you can be spiritual and you can live in the, the modern regular world. modern world yeah. and it but it really i would say even more so now than ever before with all of these sort of the outside distractions you know all of the phones and computers and things that are are constantly vying for our attention. It's so, so, so vital and important for our mental health, for our physical, spiritual health, that we make time for ourselves. It's, I don't believe there's been a time that has been more important that one has a spiritual practice that you can do at home by yourself, with your partner or with your friends, even a short one where you truly discover the inside world because the outside world is just constantly vying for attention. And if you don't give your inside world attention, you'll feel so lost. And when you do give it your inside world attention, you'll discover that you've had it all along. Mm -hmm. Everything's here. Mm -hmm. You know, the macro and the micro, you know, so to say, are are just as, as large. And it's so wonderful for your mental health to know that you can put your phone down and you can do a practice and you can just feel at peace and you can feel at home right where you are yeah. with yourself yeah. and remember yeah. that you are the creator of it all. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, obviously along the journey of life, right? Even though we have all these daily practices and we try to 
do the best we can. What what do you guys do when challenges come along the way? Or what do you do as a couple if there is a disagreement? Like what's I know we spoke a lot about co-devotional communication, but how are what are ways that you can kind of tackle those challenges with your partner or just challenges on your own? I think it's I think the the basis is realizing that we all want to be connected always, right? That's like a, the basic desire of all of us. We want to be connected. So when a, a moment arises to realize that we're not trying to make it hard and just so sort of like give each other some ease through that, the way that we energetically, obviously we've spoken so much about co-devotional co communication and that's also energetic, right? Where we can feel that, how we speak, the tonality of our voice, the cadence of our voice, our body language, right? It says so much. And oftentimes when we are fighting, whether it's in a couple or in a friendship or in a business partnership, it's going to trigger past childhood wounds, right? That's what we're experiencing. It's like your mother yelling at you or your father or your teacher or your priest or the nun or whatever it is. And we shut down. And so it's like learning how to co-regulate each other's nervous systems of like, I see my partner is triggered right now. If I say what I'm trying to say without co-devotional communication and energetics, they're not even listening right? You're just further pushing them into a hole that they can't get out of. And so learning how to use these tools to calm each other down so that they, that you can actually hear each other. And I think that that's really like another thing that's super important is like, listen to discover what your partner is saying, because oftentimes the words that you say are not actually what you feel, right? It's coming from a trigger or a trauma or a wound, and you don't know how to accurately express yourself because we're not taught how to communicate our emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, no one is teaching us this. You're not allowed to be angry, not allowed to be emotional. And we're in a new age, thankfully, where that's becoming more normal. So it's like really getting curious about what is my partner experiencing? How can we understand each other? And when we take that time and really, I think time is of the essence is because oftentimes when we're kids, we're, we don't feel heard or we don't feel seen or we don't feel received. And that's directly related to time, the taking the time to be present with each other. If there's something happening, if you're distracted, we can feel it, right? That's what we're, we're longing for is for someone to sit down, to be fully locked in and to be like, I'm here. What can I do to support you? What are you feeling? How can I express this in a way that you can understand? And that journey is it's not easy and it's incredibly rewarding. And I, I always like to, to say like all of the things that we're passionate about, right? Creating a business or running a company or creating an app or, or like hiking up Mount Everest, it takes work because it's worth it, right? It's the same way to, to tackle these sort of things is it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's that same response reaction thing. If you have the willingness to know that there is going to be an expansion and to, tantrically feel that heat that rises in the body when we're fighting right it's that aliveness and learn how to use that energy to create connection safety and trust when you start to be in that mastery which is it's it's mastery i don't believe that someone just masters it and it's done it's a consistent process that feeling is it's it's like there's nothing better than that i believe it creates this you're meeting life in the moment and it's really as simple as breath and awareness. I'm going to be present with you. You know, I know that that's what you need. If your reaction is something triggered, it's because a part of you doesn't feel seen or received or heard. So taking that one moment to actually breathe together and hear each other is life-changing. And I would say that 
one of the biggest things for us has been, and certainly for me, has been about taking 100% responsibility. Oof. So that you yourself, instead of blaming or shaming or guilting somebody for triggering you, you, or in this sense is me, I would say, I take 100% responsibility that I'm, I'm very triggered right now. And as soon as we do that, and we take away the blame and the shame and sort of like who's right and who's wrong and whose fault is this, right? Yeah, yeah. When we own that we are triggered, it's so much easier, you know, to, to approach the situation because yeah. it's no longer about who's right or wrong. And whenever we speak to each other, we always, even though in our teaching, we say don't never say always or never, right? When you're triggered, especially because that'll lead uh, down a rabbit hole. However, we always or we, we do our best to say, you know, this is all from my perspective. Yeah. This is all a story that I'm making up right yeah. now. I'm witnessing a part of me create a story that blah, 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 blah. So I'm not saying you did this and because of that, I'm feeling this way, but rather owning 100% that everything is happening sub subjectively inside of me. I am the one who's triggered. I am the one that's creating the story right now. And when we meet in that way, we both take 100% responsibility and own our own stuff. Then we're just comparing notes, honestly. We're yeah. like, well, how do we get here? Yeah. Right? How do we arrive here? Like, we know we love the fuck out of each other. Like, we're obsessed with each other. We're crazy about each other. The last thing we want to do is be fighting each other. How do we arrive at this place? And then it becomes this, like, maybe not right away, but over a little bit of time, this, like, fun discovery of, Wow, look yeah. at us. This thing tripped me up. And where did this come from? And now you're back being a team. Mm. You're not, not a battling, you're not on the op opposing sides, but you're rather you're a team figuring this out so that each of you benefit yeah. from this learning and from this understanding. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things to do is to basically to call a pause or a timeout and go like, hey, I know that we don't like each other very much right now. We're in this. And I also want to infuse this moment with the awareness of gratitude. Like there's no one else I'd rather be having this situation with. Mm. I know that we will learn something from this, likely something that we get to teach to other people. I'm so grateful that it's happening, even though it's uncomfortable. I love you. And even though I can't feel my feelings right now or, you know, I'm shut down or want to run away or whatever else, I'm so grateful that this is happening. And so slowing things down and taking that pause is yeah. so powerful because then again, our nervous systems, like Rachel was saying, get to calm down and we get to remember, oh, this is a totally different situation from that past thing that, you know, we might be triggered by where a mind is like filling in the blanks yeah. and we're going into story and narrative. And again, it's all happening in here in my head. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sharing it with you and, and you get to then share your you know version of it with me. And then we get to laugh about it later and go like, oh my gosh, like, how did we get here? And, and that's like so profound and so fun and so healing. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I think it's one letting go of that ego that you're attached to and kind of like the victim mindset, like you did this to me or that story that we often tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And like you said, calm down your nervous system and realize that you guys are a team and you want to resolve it. And it's not you versus you it's the situation or how you perceive something to happen and you yeah. guys are tackling it together and no one needs to be right. That doesn't yeah. matter. It's that you guys come out stronger in the end. Yeah, absolutely. If, if one person's right and the other person's wrong, you both you lose. Both lose. 
Yeah. yeah. That's the, in a partnership, you, you, unless you both win, you both lose. Yeah. It's, it has to be a win-win or no deal, you know? And so it's, it's when we have that in our mind, and again, it's not always perfect, by the way, like we get into it, we forget, we yeah. mess up, like we're just like you it's guys, part of everybody it. out there. You know, and that's, that's part of the it interesting. Yeah, and it's part of the human experience. And through those experiences, we learn how to be even more in our mastery. Yeah. You know, without friction, uh, th there wouldn't be any learning. It's yeah. literally impossible. That's how we learn. And so getting grateful for it, even as it's happening, is one of the like sort of master keys in like getting yeah. excited about He's the contraction. Like the best at that. I, well, because my nervous system needs it. I'm like, I need it go macro here or I'm going to lose my shit, you know? And so that really helps me to calm my nervous system down. I've learned that trick or hack or that tool for myself. And so I invite you guys to apply it next time you're in a situation to slow it down. I've breath and awareness and, and slow the situation down, get grateful for it, even though that's the last thing you want to do in the moment and then see what happens. At the end of the day, it's a blessing that you're able to have this argument or whatever it is with someone that you really love. And yeah. being grateful and blessed for having them in your life. You're right. I love that. And it means you care, right? I mean, if you're getting that flared up over something, over some sort of conflict, it means that you really care about this other person or else you would just walk away, right? You wouldn't get that intense emotion from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like you mentioned several times, you know, nowadays we're, we're so sort of, I think, addicted to, to novelty and like, you know, we flick our phones and TikTok and everything. We want that new thing yeah, all the time. Yeah, there's like Raya's and, 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 and there's so And so you're, you're, you're always searching for that hit, that hit or that perfect match. And then, then when things get challenging, you know, we tend to then want to flick to the next thing. And I think that most folks, and we missed the whole like dating yeah. app train, like we're 10 years in. So when I, you know, talked to the part of me is like, oh man, I missed out on like a lot of fun. And then my friend's are like, no, dude, honestly, it's terrible. It sucks. And I think a lot of folks probably agree after a certain time of like getting the new thing, getting the new thing, what you, what we all deeply desire yeah. is this depth, depth yeah. and connection and, and, and safety and trust. And, and, and through that, we get to experience the divine mm -hmm. and, and otherwise, you know, you're skimming the, the surface versus going deep. And so Invite everyone listening just to, to give yourself the opportunity to deepen. Even if that person isn't your person forever, yeah. make it, invite them into a deepening with you. You know, maybe begin with eye gazing. Mm. Just sit across from each other and like look into each other's left eye for five minutes. Don't say anything and see what happens. It's literally a transformative yeah. experience. You go like, what? That, what can that do? And then your body's begin to speak to each other, right? Energetics begin to merge. And so much gets revealed in that process. You might start crying, laughing. You might just walk out the door. Yeah. Because you go like, what am I doing here? Like, what's going on? Because so much truth gets revealed. Yeah. That's underneath the surface. There's so much there. You're totally right. I remember at the meditation event where I met you guys, we did that eye gazing practice with I mean, they recommended that we did it with a stranger then. And it's a deep experience. I mean, yeah. that we did it for like a few minutes and there's parts of it that are super uncomfortable. There's parts of it where like, you know, you just like feel this level of emotion you haven't felt before. So I feel like for any couple or anyone in an intimate relationship with one another, I feel like that's a great place to start in terms yeah. of like really getting connected with one another. Even yeah, on a first date, like before I met Rachel, <laughs> I don't, did we do eye gazing when we met? Yeah. So I literally had this policy for 
several sort of girls I was dating before Rachel that I discovered eye gazing. I was like, right on the first date, I was like, let's just sit here and eye gaze. And there were literally moments when the, there were, I remember this one moment when a girl was sitting across from me and maybe it was on our second date. She, and she started crying. She goes, ah, oh, we're not meant for each other. And I was like, yeah. And that was from the eye gazing. We didn't say wow. anything. Yeah. We didn't, nothing was spoken about it. There was our bodies and our beings communicated something when she was like, oh, you're not my guy. So you can actually avoid so much of the going on dates and, you know, of doing the dance and the thing, and you're trying to figure stuff out. And mostly you're meeting the, you know, the PR person, right? You're not actually meeting yeah. the person. Yeah. But when you eye gaze, you're actually meeting the person. You're taking the mask away. You yeah. Can't, you can't avoid what's underneath. It's, yeah. It's and it's uncomfortable, it's but uncomfortable. you're going to save a lot of time or you can go a lot deeper, right? Like, oh, you're a sister versus like a lover, right? Like, let's be friends. And, yeah. and then it's beautiful because you didn't just ruin this relationship by trying something trying to fit a square peg in a, in a round hole, yeah. you know? Absolutely. I'm going to start uh, making that my rule as well now on first yes. days. Yeah, let us know how that goes. <laughs> and then, you know, right away, like if somebody's not open to it, then most likely it won't work because of the kind of work that we're interested in. That's going to scare them off. Then I'm sure a lot of the other things we're going to work on down the road might not be up their alley. So that's a good tip. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Well, you guys both shared so much, so much wisdom with us today. I learned so much. And so I'm curious, where are the best places to reach you at if anyone wants to start working with your breath work, if anybody wants to consult with you guys on either their relationships or learning more about Tantra, where could people reach both of you guys individually or together? Yes, you can follow us on Instagram. I am positive Pringle, like positive energy Pringle, like the potato chip. And <laughs> <laughs> Johan is herb Johan, U-R-B Johan. And it's all of our websites are there, pyramidbreath.com, iamrachelpringle.com. And we have our Pyramid Breath teacher training starting February 18th, seven weeks deep dive into this whole practice. And, and this is not just for, for folks that want to be teachers. It's also really a, an opportunity to go deep with this practice yeah. because there's so many components to it. And, and it's so really an opportunity for folks to, you know, you can make money with this service, you can become a certified teacher, but also if you really want to explore your tantric depths yeah. and learn to become sovereign and, and learn, be held accountable in a container of like-minded community. And, yeah, yeah. And meet awesome people. It's, yeah. it's, it's, we're so, so excited. This is the first cohort of teachers that were uh, past us that we're bringing into being. And so we're so excited. It's at a great price as well. We wanted to make it really affordable for folks. It will never be this price again. And, <laughs> and then we have lots of retreats coming up, couples retreats, and there's Tantra of Life is on there that is evergreen. So it's always available. And yeah, if you feel the call, please reach out. We, you know, we're so deeply passionate about this work and we just really want everyone to have the tools so that everyone can live an ecstatic fantastic life because my friends it can get better, better and better yeah. forever and ever it really can it's a real thing a and, real thing. and we invite you into that expression put that mantra into your head better and better forever and ever when you know we discovered that it blew our minds and hearts and beings wide open and it's just about saying yes yeah and you guys are a testament to that. I love meeting people who really are their brand, right? I mean, you guys are clearly like doing these daily things that you're now teaching people. You're not just like saying these things, like you genuinely practice it. And I noticed even 
in our conversation today, like when each of you were individually speaking, I saw how present the other one of you were in terms of like looking at one another and really listening to what the other person was saying, which I feel like people aren't always present, right? Especially in an intimate relationship or in a marriage. A lot of times your partner might be speaking and you're thinking about something completely different. So even just seeing how you guys interact in that moment shows that you guys are very present with one another, which I think would solve a lot of people's issues when it comes to their relationships just there. Yes, 100%. Thank you for that. What are your signs, by the way? I'm curious. I'm Scorpio and he's Aquarius. Um, I'm a Scorpio too. Yeah. Makes sense. Huh? Aries. Aries. My boyfriend is actually, he's cusp of Aquarius and Pisces. Oh, perfect. You guys are like, you know, fire and then like air and water over there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's so interesting though. But this was an incredible conversation. Thank you both so, so much for joining us. We genuinely learned a lot from it and we'll have to have you back on because I feel like I could have spoken with you too for like hours and hours and hours. It would be our joy. It was so amazing to meet your brother and and thank you for having us along and and, and can't wait to, to, to make more magic together in this life. Thanks for joining us on our episode with Rachel and Johan. Wow, what an inspiring conversation that was. Rachel and Johan shared so much valuable insight with us and reminded us that even though challenges come up in our relationships with ourselves and our significant others, there are practices and lifestyle habits that we can implement to overcome anything. As always, if you have any questions, please email us at podcast at drinkdowntoearth.com or get in touch with us on our Instagram at drinkdte. In the meantime, stay healthy and stay hydrated. Cheers. Now it's time for you to go out there and do at least one small thing to better your health today. Always choose to make your life a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place. Until next time. Cheers to good health.